Hello and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Hi. Hey, Bill. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. How's New York? Uh, it's, it's going along. Like everyone else, you know, I don't want to complain because I'm, I'm in a good, you know, we're in a good situation here with, we have our house and I've got my guitars and we're, I just had another COVID test and I'm negative and. What else could, what could be better than that right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. Welcome to Discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield, and today we have Bill Frizzell discussing Wesley Montgomery's Tequila. So, Tequila, Wes Montgomery, why did you choose this one? Well, I'll just tell you the story. You know, when I was in high school, it was the fall of 1967, right? And uh, I'd had an electric guitar for a couple years, and I'd, you know, I was playing in bands, and we'd play for dances and stuff. And so I'm a, what am I, a junior in high school, and I I was playing, I played clarinet in the concert band, and then, you know, on the side, I was playing guitar, which was my real love, you know, and there was the all school talent show was coming up and the band director, Vincent Tagliavori, he was the name of our band director. He, he knew I played guitar and there was, he was responsible every year. He was whatever the all school show this year, it was a talent show. And then, one year it was like we did, uh, what is it? What was it called? Camelot, or you know, they do some play or a talent show or something. So anyway, there was this these girls that were doing this dance routine to this song, "Bumping on Sunset," a West Montgomery song, and so he handed me this record and he said, you know, they're they're dancing to the record, but it would be way cooler if we actually had a live live music, you know? And he said, do you think you could learn this song? And I'd never heard of Wes Montgomery. I didn't know nothing, you know? But he handed me this thing and I went home and uh, it was like kind of this, one of those lightning bolt, you know, mind altering. It was the perfect song at the perfect moment that was, something <clears throat> simple enough that I could manage to play some semblance of it, you know, and we played it for the all school show and it was a big success. And, you know, it was a, but it was the thing about it was the, the, it was like this uh, window into this whole world of music that I, I just didn't know was even there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, the thing about this record, uh, it, it's sort of a weird Wes Montgomery record because I hadn't, I had, I've heard Bumping on Sunset, but I'd never really gone and checked out this record, Tequila. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of his later records. He's kind of gotten away from the, the bop thing a little bit. And um, produced by Creed Taylor, who ended up founding CTI Records, which was kind of like early smooth jazz, right? Right, yeah. And and so it's got this mix of um, covers, you know, Burt Bacharach tunes, you know, What the World Needs Now, and Tequila, and, and something that's, you know, it, it's leaning towards a little bit more of a going for the, the mass audience at the time. Well, was, yeah. This is like 1966. So, but... But bumping on sunset is like this. I, I mean, there's something I, I know why you fell in love with the tune. It's just it's so groovy, and it, and it just you know it's one note except for the turnaround. It's just one groove. Yeah, yeah, that's what blows my mind too. Like like all the other stuff that I was listening to at the time, you know, I was getting into blues and R and B. You know, I was into the Temptations and James Brown and whatever pop music too you know and you know there was enough of what i knew already in it that i could relate to it and then it was sort of pointing in this whole other way just like this gateway you know yeah and it it is it is absolutely like the most smoky hazy feeling I mean, it's so evocative to me i mean i don't know if this was his intent but it does feel like you're cruising and yeah, yeah. It, it feels very West Coast, super. Yeah, I was like, I could totally picture that, you know. It's of course it's got it's got an amazing band on it, you know. Ron Carter's playing bass, and um, Grady Tate and Ray Ray Barretto's on percussion, and Rudy Van Gelder recorded it. <laughs> it was recorded in yeah. New Jersey, you know. Yeah, the sound. Yeah, and actually, nowhere close to California, but <laughs> at least in our minds, but. Many, many, many years later, I don't know when, it was a few years ago, they put out this box set of all this West stuff on Verve. I guess it was all the stuff on Verve. And it had these outtakes from this. And that was a another mind blower. Like when I realized that he just made, he was basically just making that up on the spot, right? Like that when you hear the outtakes, it just showed so clearly how his mind <laughs> worked in these, for, like spontaneously composing. That bumping on sunset is so perfectly formed, you know, in these, I guess, eight bar phrases or whatever, these sort of symmetrical phrases or melodies. But it's really, uh, it, I get the feeling, I'm pretty sure it's just off the top of his head. Like like you said, it's like this one one chord, and then he makes up this melody, and then there's this little, little release, like a bridge that they do. But basically, it's his, you see his mind composing right in the moment like that. And then they added the, this awesome uh, Klaus Ogerman. I guess they added the strings on later and stuff, but...
Yeah, I mean those strings are uh, so hip on this. I mean they, it's the one tune where it doesn't feel, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, easy listening. It's got, and I, I was listening to it from a distance uh, one day. Um, and I thought the the tonally they really sound like they're flutes and stuff in there. And I went back and looked like, oh, you know, what was the was the orchestra on this and what was the ensemble? Yeah, yeah. And it's just strings, but that that little riff and that's really you know what it reminded me of in a in a totally tangential way was um, like Nefertiti because the strings are the thing that are actually evolving and changing melodically when you got this really symmetrical rhythmic groove and you got a very you know the the melody like you said is very symmetrical and it's it's eight bar phrases um aside from the the turnaround that happens only once um but the string arrangements actually sort of evolve and add some really cool interest to it as it's yeah it's almost yeah. like the scene changes you know as you're driving down the road um the strings are giving you that like little bit of interest as you're on your cruise yeah <laughs> you know some stuff that i heard back then didn't maybe hold up so well but this thing i could listen to this every day and i how do you hear it showing up in your playing? Well, I mean, and then that's the other thing. Like, you know, I said I played that song for that or tried to play it for the talent show 53 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. And <laughs> um, But in the last few years, I've been I started playing it on a, on gigs, too. I've been trying to play it and I, you know, I'm just kind of using it as a that's what's kind of incredible after spending all this time in music and then you like i'll go back to things that got me going at the very beginning and you know realizing i i've just barely not i haven't even begun to scratch the surface you know just trying to still today trying to pick out some of what he was playing back then just just it just keeps giving me stuff you know i keep learning and learning and learning from it so. yeah it's a great one man i i i uh i appreciate you sending it it was uh it's been on repeat you know that especially that tune i just put it i put it on mm. over and over it's like i can't remember the last time i did that i remember driving around in my volkswagen in high school and i would rewind the tape to my favorite songs i can't even remember the songs <laughs> now but like i would you know i'd play a yeah. song over and over and over again and um and this this one is one of those tunes i want to do do it too and it's funny because it is it's just it's just it's just i mean one thing i wanted to mention which is how mind-blowing things are to me uh like sometimes i can't even believe how lucky i am but you know this on this record was the first time i ever heard ron carter and you know he just like you said it's just basically he just plays 
one note, you know, dung, 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 you know, the whole time. But it's so badass. It's like there's so much intent and so much in that, you know, and his relationship with Grady Tate and Ray Barreto and it's just uh, how he can put so much into that what makes the whole thing sound so good, you know? And so like I got this record and then I wanted to try to figure out what's going on with all this music. And then I went and bought a Kenny Burrell record and I noticed Ron Carter was on that. And then before you know it, I have like, you know, a Miles Davis record or I had a Sam Rivers record or a Wayne Shorter record and Ron Carter's on all these records, you know? And, so this was the first time I ever heard this guy. And the what's miraculous to me is I just talked to Ron Carter <laughs> this morning and I'm playing a gig with him tomorrow, you know, and to think, how is that possible? You know, dreams that I had when I was a kid and all these people that I got to hear back then and things that they, you know, people that changed my life and now I get to actually meet some of these people and play with them you know it's I just I can't even believe it sometimes For listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.